Welcome to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. Man, in Texas, it has been hot, hot, hot for sure. This is episode 43. This week, our guest is Trey Phillips, Thrive Apothecary. I'm joined by co-host Austin Zamhariri this week. How's everybody doing? Doing great. Thank you for having me. How you doing, Austin? Yeah. There's my classic. Let's go ahead and get off the bat. And you stay <laughs> uh, it's feeling great uh, inside where it's a nice, cool 68 degrees inside. Um, but, you know, it's it's abnormally hot this time of year. Usually this is when it feels like in August, but it's June. And we're already at like 105 degree heat consecutive, like almost every day. So, um, but hey, ready, you know, ready to have this conversation because I'm excited about our guest this week. Well, our guest this week is Trey Phillips. You are the co-owner and co-founder, correct? Thrive Apothecary? That is correct. How did you, we, 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 we wrote an article about it. Yeah. Tell everybody what you started off as. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get this out of the way now. Uh, so I am a retired police officer. I retired from the Fort Worth Police Department. I uh, had a 20-year career there, uh, served in various different positions in the department, including in SWAT. Uh, and I retired in 2018 to join forces with my wife, Dr. Lisa Gardner. And it's kind of been all she wrote ever since. What, uh, what kind of work was Dr. Gardner doing? So uh, Lisa's a physician. Uh, she started out as an OBGYN here in Fort Worth. She's delivered a couple thousand babies here in Fort Worth. In fact, uh, we pretty much can't go anywhere without running into some baby that she delivered, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, so she did that for about 10 years and she started to really kind of question uh, the corporate medicine mentality of kind of one size fits all. And uh, she tends to ask a lot of questions and kind of question the status quo. And that's not really always appreciated uh, in a corporate corporate atmosphere, especially corporate medicine. And so uh, about 12 years ago, she left corporate medicine, started her own private wellness practice called Fusion Healthy Aging. And she caters to men and women um, who are entering kind of the, the middle age of life, kind of 35 and over. She specializes in hormone replacement training, uh, excuse me, hormone replacement therapy, peptides, um, medical grade supplementation, and, and really just kind of helping you live your best life. Hormone replacement therapy. That's, that would technically be under like low T type stuff, correct? Correct. Yeah. She doesn't do any kind of injections, which are synthetic. Again, she believes in natural plant-based substances. So all the uh, hormone replacement that she does is all plant-based. Interesting. I've yeah, I had to look into that. I've never, yeah. I keep yeah. seeing all these ads about like, Oh, you may have low T and it's like, <clears throat> go get some injections. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to knock it, but again, it is, it's a synthetic product that you're putting inside your body. So she, right. she prefers to go the natural testosterone route. What was that? So what was that convert? I'm curious. What is that conversation like? Uh, you're in law enforcement. She is in, I guess what sounds like holistic yeah. uh, uh, medicine how does how does that conversation come about and just tell us about that yeah yeah and so you know I, I get this asked I get asked this question a lot of you know how did you wind up in this spot and I always tell people you know I never would have thought in a million years I would be in the cannabis space uh, in any way but like most things it, it happened because of a woman um, and that tends to be what happens to us a lot in life and so Lisa was kind of at a crossroads in her career, even in her own private practice. And uh, she was helping thousands of people, but yet they were all still complaining of very common symptoms like, you know, chronic pain, insomnia, anxiety, and things like that. And so she really didn't feel like she had any more tools in her toolbox. And so she decided to kind of go out and go through the self-education journey to find out, is there something else out there in the world um, that can help her patients. And she went down lots of different avenues and she just kind of stumbled across cannabis. And so she started researching cannabis um, and CBD specifically, because uh, again, we're in Texas and we have our own, our own issues here. Uh, but she started looking at CBD and when she went into her medical journal, she thought, you know, let me see if there's just anything even documented on this. And what she found was, you know, thousands upon thousands of medical journals and cited articles about cannabis and CBD. And she felt really, um, she was actually angry for quite a long time. Um, she was very frustrated by it, angry, felt betrayed by her profession that all this information was out there. And in 20 years of being a physician, no one had ever talked to her about cannabis before. 
Um, you know, she had all these different medical reps that would constantly come in her office um, and try to, you know, sell them the next the next big pharma pill. Um, but no one ever talked to her about cannabis. And so that's really what started the journey. And so she came to me and started talking about it. And um, my views on cannabis had already shifted pretty significantly at this time. And it really prompted me to do my own self-education at this point um, and kind of move beyond the talking points and really start looking at, you know, what is it? What is it about this plant? What can it offer? You know, is there anything definitive um, that it can do? And so as I became my own self-education journey, that really kind of transformed my opinion and well. And it went from me just helping Lisa to being very, very excited about what we're doing and really kind of feeling like we both had a second calling to, to serve again. You know, I mean, both Lisa and I, we kind of look, see ourselves as public servants. And in this second career that we both have, we're, we're doing the same thing where we feel like we're really going out there and we're helping our community and we're trying to make people's lives better. Um, but it really just started with self-education. I know a lot of what you would say is what you learned from was being on the force. And mm -hmm. you started learning that firsthand experience that what you're taught initially isn't what's happening in reality. This second journey you had, what would you say you was a big pickup on that second journey? Well, I mean, what I would say is, you know, as you dive deeper and deeper into cannabis, um, you know, it almost feels like there's no bottom to it. Like it just, it just keeps going. And so what I love is as, as we continue down this journey is I'm constantly learning new stuff every day. And even if I'm not learning new stuff, I am meeting people every day that cannabis has significantly changed their life for the better. And so one of the great things about our second career is we have this kind of amazing, um, you know, positive feedback loop uh, of being able to talk to people every single day that cannabis is changing their lives. And so that that's probably been the biggest takeaway of, of this second career is, um, you know, not only do we have, you know, documented medical evidence that this plant works. We also have this daily kind of anecdotal evidence of just talking to customers and patients every single day whose lives are, are much, much better than they were before cannabis. And that, that's been really exciting for us. Was it pretty evident very quickly when you started, um, you know, talking to, to patients and customers about cannabis and, and introducing that to the to the local scene? Was it pretty evident very quickly that it was making like, yeah, yeah. What, and what's interesting, before we even opened the store and really made any kind of public announcement back in 2018 that we were moving into the cannabis space, Lisa, uh, you know, she's got patients that have been with her for, you know, a decade or more. Um, you know, they're like her friends. And so she would kind of talk to some patients in her medical office about kind of what their opinions on cannabis was and, and kind of talk to them about what we're thinking about doing. And what she found out was an overwhelming majority of them use cannabis. They just didn't tell anybody. They, they kind of did it in the closet. Um, and they were all hundred percent supportive. Um, and, and really from the day we opened, uh, the community support was, was unbelievably positive. Um, but yeah, it was very, very quick. Um, even as we started the process of being ready to open the store and kind of going through the plans, everyone that we came in contact with, whether it was, you know, an architect or a carpenter or a city permit guy. Uh, they, they thought it was amazing that we were bringing this to Fort Worth. And, and really, we've, we've had that sentiment for the last four years. Yeah, I, I had a doctor's appointment today and I got literally asked kind of what was being brought up now. It's like, yeah. why is this? They asked me, you do advocacy work. Why are we not seeing this being more medically available? And I'd, I kind of summed it up to I was like, well, what have what have you been taught about it? And how does it go against what you've possibly learned about how you think medicine works? Yeah. And yeah. do you think it's marketable like that? And they're like, yeah, there's some conflict with that. And especially oh, yeah. when there's, it's also conflict to not have it because you're, you try to teach medical students quality of life and yeah. this do no harm concept. And like, well, we're a pulmonary office. We're obviously never going to recommend you smoke this. I'm like, right. yeah, I, I get that. You, it's smoke. And they're like, yeah, but outside of that, if it's not causing harm, why are we telling people no? And it's like, hey, there's the million dollar question. Yeah, well, I think, you know, we, we can talk about the law enforcement side at some point if we want to. But on the medical side, you know, being married to Lisa, being a physician, uh, you know, she tells people when she went to medical school, she went to medical school right here in Fort Worth. Um, her textbooks were paid for by the pharmaceutical companies when they opened up their big medical textbook. And, you know, it's brought to you by Bayer or whoever it was brought to you by. And so you know, from a very, you know, from day one of their medical training, 
you know, there's there's an indoctrination that takes place, just like there was in, in my law enforcement training uh, in my law enforcement career as well. And so you have a lot of doctors who are uh, either unknowledgeable or they are scared of liability. They're scared of the Texas Medical Board, um, you know, and so they're not really willing to dip their toe in the water yet. Uh, and so that's what excites me about people like Lisa is she's not afraid to be a trailblazer and she'll go out there and you know, set the example. And, and hopefully, you know, as we talk to more and more doctors, uh, you know, we can bring more and more of them kind of into the cannabis fold. And so they can start prescribing and we can reach more and more patients here in Texas. There's a similar, I'd say, issue that I've run into with veterans as a veteran. Um, when I was attending Texas State University, the first time was I had several veterans who were like, how can you call that medicine? It's not a pill. And it's like, yeah. where did you I, get this idea from? They're like, well, that's what I was yeah. taught in the military. I left as E7 and above, and we always had to teach that that's what medicine is. I'm like, yeah. that's not what medicine exclusively is. Well, I'm not, right. if it's not that, and it's not a pill, it's not medicine, and I'm not going for it. It's like, how do we break this? Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think the world's changing, and I think people are waking up and they're doing their own research. Uh, you know, the internet can be a scary place sometimes, and sometimes we don't get the, <laughs> the, all the information that we want to get uh, or that we like to get. But it allows access to information that even 10 years ago, people just didn't have. And so I think um, that's not going to change. I think that's going to continue to grow. And so as people become more educated, you're going to see viewpoints change. Um, and I think that's kind of the, the secret to this whole thing is we just got to get the information out there and really educate the public about what cannabis is and what cannabis isn't. Are you still getting like new clients, new customers that have never tried cannabis before? Yes, yes. So um, we actually, at our at our brick and mortar store here in Fort Worth, I mean, we actually get a lot of referrals, surprisingly now, I, I'm very glad for this, but from other physicians, including like pain management doctors, which you, I, I would have never thought would have happened from a pain management doctor. Um, but we get a lot of customers that uh, walk in and they've never tried a cannabis product at all. Um, and so a lot of them kind of come in and they just want an education. And one thing we try to do with our store is, you know, you're not going to find any products behind glass or anything like that. All the products are out on the shelves. We want you to walk up to them, you know, hold them, read the labels, look at the stuff. Um, and so we get a lot of people that come into the store that simply just want to be educated. They want to see what there is out there on the market, kind of what it can do. Um, what delivery options are available. And, you know, and then once they feel comfortable with that, they make a purchase and they kind of start their cannabis journey. But yes, we, we get quite a few uh, customers that come in uh, that have never tried anything before. I imagine. And it's, it's like guiding a child, like the first steps teaching a child to walk. I, it, I, yeah. I imagine there's some frustration at times. And other times it's like, wow, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm paving a pathway for this person. And you feel great about it. At this moment, though, right now, it is the time for our sponsor messages here at the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. It's a hot one here in summer. Yeah. <laughs> We're all chilling out in the air conditioning here for episode 43. Our guest, Trey Phillips with Thrive Apothecary. We will be right back after these sponsor messages. Thrive Apothecary offers an experience truly unique from anything else in Texas, a full-service cannabis solution that is doctor-owned and offers customers every level of cannabis legally available in Texas. From traditional CBD products to emerging hemp-derived THC edibles, smokables, and now medical cannabis. As a licensed medical cannabis provider, prospective patients from anywhere in Texas can book a sponsored online eligibility consultation to determine if they qualify for a medical marijuana prescription from the comfort of their own home. Plus, for Texas veterans, the first prescription appointment is donated by Thrive. Visit thrivetx.com for more information. Oak Cliff Cultivators is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and the Lone Star Collective Podcast. Oak Cliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. 
Their product line includes hemp flour, pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta Eat, and merch. For more information on their product's quality or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast, distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Austin Sam Hariri. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. The heat is on here at episode 43 of the Lone Star Collective Podcast. Our guest this week, Trey Phillips of Thrive Apothecary. Not only is the heat on, it's the heat's here in the conversation with us. (laughs) I like it. It's summer. I was like, man, I need some songs about (laughs) it being hot. And then this popped up in a playlist. I was like, oh, yes, the heat is on. Yep, yep. I like it. Week by week, it's been spot on. So, and it is, uh, to, for lack of a better term, hot as hell. Like, oh, yeah. I'm already yeah. concerned about what it's going to feel like in October. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's nasty. Today's the, literally, we're recording on the first day of summer, and we've already had like over like two weeks of over 100 degree temperatures. It's insane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think the heat index last week at our house was like 114 or something like that. It was it was crazy. Yeah, last I was I was in Florida for uh for vacation. It was great. It was 80 degrees most of the time we were there. I mean, we nice. creeped out nice. the high and I just kept getting text updates every day from Dallas <laughs> over 103, 104. When we got back, it was 109 and you were right. The heat index was about 115. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No Good times. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Texas, y'all. All I know yeah. is the grass in my yard. I water it, and immediately it's like, ah, thank you. And then yeah. the next day it's like, why have you abandoned me? Yep. Why so yep. forsaken? Uh, it's you know for people who for people who are listening who are not from Texas, uh, there are days. It, it doesn't happen every year, but there are days during the year where Texas is specifically North Texas and Central Texas are the hottest places on Earth, like hotter than the Sahara. In fact, this week, I think we hit temperatures that were hotter than Death Valley in California in the actual desert. So, um, you know, it's hot. There's a lot of hard work here in Texas. It's not it's not always easy living, but like. And I'm a sweater, too. I sweat. Even if it's cold, I sweat. But when it's 115, I really sweat. Uh, The same way. (laughs) Growing up as a kid, I was like, man, I'm so lucky. I look at everybody else. Growing up, I lived out near Fredericksburg, and that's one of those insanely hot places for this time of year. I'd look at everybody else and see them sweating like crazy. I'm like, man, I'm glad I don't sweat like that. <laughs> and then it hit me. <laughs> Irony came full blast. Like, nope, you will yeah. be drenched in this as an adult. Yep. Right. <laughs> I mean, you lose easily. If you're, if you're anywhere near outside, you easily lose, like, a liter of, of water weight every day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was, and you're probably, you probably started noticing it as an officer, you start sweating you get to a point where you're drinking water and you realize you're not going to the bathroom at all oh, during yeah, the day. Yeah, it's yeah. just all coming out of your pores. Yeah. 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 That's when it's time to get an IV replacement there and get some fluids back in you. So I want to talk about, um, what, what product line y'all have in, in your stores? Like what is, what would y'all say is a, a big seller for y'all? Sure. So we we try to carry all uh, legally available forms of cannabis in our uh, store Thrive Apothecary. So, you know, we have everything from your traditional CBD products, you know, your CBD oils, gummies, hemp flour. Uh, we have, you know, tons of your new emerging, you know, THC derivatives, whether it's Delta 8, um, you know, compliant Delta 9, your THZ zeros, HHCs, all that stuff as well as medical cannabis. Well, definitely what we see happening in our store is about 90% of our business 
uh, is going to be THC related. So it's going to be either Delta eight or Delta nine sales. Uh, mainly edibles is really driving uh, our our market pretty hard here in Fort Worth. Are you engaged in in like pet products as well? Yeah, yeah. So we have a whole pet line. We have a hair, skin, and body line, and then uh, Lisa has her own physician formulated line of products as well. Well, sell that we sell in our store. Uh, so we really try to cover the whole gambit. So you know, we have people come in that will, you know, we love our moms because they'll come in, they'll buy for themselves, they'll buy for their spouse their children, their pet, and their aging parents. It's like they knock out the entire demographic in one trip. Uh, And so we try to have lots of different products available. So we carry about 40 different manufacturers, about 150 different products in our store. Again, nothing's behind glass. We want you to come in, learn about the products, hold it in your hand. Uh, We have lots of testers that you can open it up. You can smell it. I mean, you can physically hold that product in your hand. And so uh, you know, we have a wide variety of high quality products. Everything in our store is double lab tested. So not only do we require the manufacturer provide uh, full panel third party labs, we then test that product as well with third party, our own third party labs. Good. Uh, Great. And, in a perf- and in a perfect world, both those labs should, should line up and say the exact same thing. Uh, but we've found out that's not always the case. And that's why we, we add that second step in uh, just that quality assurance check. That if it's going to be on our shelves, it's been double lab tested. Yeah, we, we unfortunately in the cannabis space, we've in, emerged into this spot where you can't just take things at face value. Yeah. You absolutely yeah. have to go that extra half mile or mile and ensure that the product that you're getting is exactly what they say it is on paper. And we've found just in our own independent yeah. study that is yeah. not true. Yeah. So if, if we rewind like back to 2018, when we first opened up now today, I think it's a lot better than it was a couple of years ago. But there's like you're saying, uh, you, you got to really do your homework. But back in 2018, 2019, when we first opened up and we were doing this double lab testing, it really came because we had some questions about some products and these were fairly large manufacturers. Um, and so when we lab tested it, we found either it didn't have the correct ingredients on the label, uh, the amount of CBD in the product was mislabeled, uh, or we found several products that weren't hemp related at all. Uh, we lab tested two different products that were nothing but olive oil um, that had you know a CBD label on it, and these were from wow. from from I'm, I'm not going to say big companies, but they weren't small companies either. And so there, especially back then, there was a lot of bad actors in the space, and. You know, we don't, uh, you know, when I have to write that check for that lab test every time, uh, I don't, I don't like writing that check, but, um, you know, with Lisa's name on product and, and, you know, really driving our business as being, you know, doctor owned and doctor founded, we really felt like that was important. Like we got to make sure that we are giving people stuff that one helps them, but two doesn't hurt them either. It's very difficult to put a product on the shelf and say, this is doctor approved CBD. And it's like, you sold me cooking oil. Oh yeah. 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 So luckily um, it doesn't happen as much now Uh, in the last year or two, every once in a while we'll have some products come back. Most of it is simply the milligram amount. They claim the label doesn't match what's actually in the bottle. Uh, We, we have some uh, degrees of error uh, percentages that we allow. Um, but, but it's definitely improving in our space and, and hopefully it keeps heading in that trajectory for sure. So I imagine y'all had to have like a degree of error because obviously, like you said, perfect world, they'd line up exactly, but there's going to be some sort of margin when you have difference in testing yeah. equipment. Yep. And yeah. And absolutely. I, I've wondered like how, how, how often have y'all run into products where it is, let's say both of them are within each other and it is like grossly off compared to what the company said that it was. I would say that really doesn't have, I can't think of that happening in the last two years. Uh, I think the last time it really, we had like a big, whoa, was probably 2019 or maybe the beginning of 2020. Um, but luckily, um, a lot of the manufacturers on the market have greatly improved and the number of manufacturers on the market have greatly improved. And, and we've found a lot of people um, that kind of share our values and are like-minded in the way that they really truly care about the end user and so they're taking extra steps on their side to make sure they're delivering the best product. And that makes our job uh, a, a whole lot easier. So you definitely see a higher number of high quality manufacturers on the market today than you did even a year ago or two years ago. I could, I could get what you were talking about with the 2019 thing. Cause I remember somebody telling me that there was 
a convention where somebody was talking about making your own CBD and the individual literally started talking about using like paint thinner. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Yeah. you can't have that in your product. Right. It's going to show up in a lab report, obviously. And, and what's really cool now, I think in the space and especially in Texas is you're seeing a, a, a bigger number of Texas growers and manufacturers emerging on the market that are doing some amazing things. So whether it's like Oak Cliff cultivators or, I'm going to name a couple others that aren't sponsors of yours, but like Bayou City Hemp or even Power Bio Farms in in Fort Worth are doing some really amazing things. And they care about Texans. They care about who uses their product. And so um, one of the big shifts we're seeing in our store is bringing in a lot more Texas-based brands. Um, And it's really nice now to, to have a lot more to pick from. And not only do we have a lot more to pick from, but they are all constantly upping their game and trying to improve and really to just bring the ultimate product to market. And so that's really exciting as a Texas retailer to see Texas products really coming up and, and, and really making a show now. That you took the question like right out of my mouth. I was about to ask you like, yeah. what, what is the, what is the footprint look like for Texas uh, made products? Uh, maybe could you elaborate on, that? I mean, listen, you can talk about whatever, like, yeah, yeah. You know, I, we love Oak Cliff, obviously. Uh, yeah. But, these other organizations, you know, we're very familiar with Bayou City and 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 Power Bio Farms, and um, just maybe elaborate on some of the the Texas brands and and what you're really sure. sure. Well, Oak Cliff Cultivators, if you watch this, reach out to me because I want to talk to you. Um, but right. uh, we uh, I connect right now. <laughs> um, I'm going to only speak about two two others that I personally know that I visited their site. So Bio City Hemp. A great organization, really producing some high quality products. Um, and then Power Bio Farms. Now, I'm a Fort Worth boy. I love Fort Worth. So to have a big hemp grower and producer manufacturer like right in our backyard um, is amazing. The people over there, uh, excellent human beings. They are in this for the right reason. Um, and so whether it's Oak Cliff, whether it's Bayou City, whether it's Power Bio Farms, and I know I'm leaving. There's, there's dozens and dozens more out there. I just, I don't know enough about you uh, to speak about you, but yeah, it, it's really cool to see them um, cranking out, you know, stuff, but in this vert- vertically integrated fashion, you know? And so uh, when you say, yeah, Hey, this is Texas made, it, it truly is from the seed going into the ground to the crop being harvested to it being, you know, extracted and manufacturing. Uh, it, it's really exciting for me. Uh, even even as just a spectator, I love to go here to Power Bio Farms in Fort Worth, and I love to just watch. I mean, I, I'm fascinated. Uh, you know, when they're harvesting, you know, it's like 80 plants every two weeks or something like that at Power Bio Farms, and just watching them do what they do, I think is really cool and uh, it's really exciting. And I think the industry here in Texas is just going to continue to grow. And uh, I mean, who knows what we're going to see next year? I'm really excited for the future here in Texas. Talking about that that Texas footprint. Um, yeah. The vertical integration, having it all in Texas. You mentioned doing two labs. Can you tell us who the two labs are? Can you give shout outs to them? Two labs. I think I missed which, what are we talking about? Well, now? You, you said you, you're uh, the thrive, all the products that come in go to two labs. So to, to verify, oh, I, sorry. Yeah. So I imagine so, you're sending yeah, them to Texas so labs as well. So we, we have about a dozen different labs we use. So it really depends on who has the shortest uh, turnaround at this point. So we use labs all over the country to test the products. Um, so we have found here lately, uh, lab results are taking about two weeks on the good side. Some companies, I won't name them because they're here in Texas. They're more like 12 weeks at this point, but that's a good problem for them to have. That means they're busy. They have a lot of business coming in um, and they're trying to scale up. Uh, but yeah, we, we use about a, duf- a dozen different labs all over the country that, that we send stuff to and, and have it evaluated before it hits our shelves. Oh, man, I'll wait till I'll hold my next question until the end of the break. Right. Like, it is break time here at the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. Man, great conversation we're having here at the Lone Star Collective. Our guest this week is Trey Phillips of Thrive Apothecary. It's episode 43. My co-host this week is Austin Zamhereri. We will be right back after these sponsor messages.
Thrive Apothecary offers an experience truly unique from anything else in Texas, a full-service cannabis solution that is doctor-owned and offers customers every level of cannabis legally available in Texas, from traditional CBD products to emerging hemp-derived THC edibles, smokables, and now medical cannabis. As a licensed medical cannabis provider, prospective patients from anywhere in Texas can book a sponsored online eligibility consultation to determine if they qualify for a medical marijuana prescription from the comfort of their own home. Plus, for Texas veterans, the first prescription appointment is donated by Thrive. Visit thrivetx.com for more information. Oak Cliff Cultivators is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and the Lone Star Collective Podcast. Oak Cliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flour, pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta Eat, and merch. For more information on their product's quality or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast, distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Austin Sam Hariri. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. This week is episode 43. Our guest is Trey Phillips of Thrive Apothecary. I'm joined by co-host Austin Zamhariri. And it is officially the first day of summer, so we're already in the summertime. And we are, we're all just jamming out, aren't we? We are. Hot, hot weather, hot conversation. There you go. There you go. Hot, hot, hot. <laughs> uh, so real quick before, um, you know, this is the last segment, but I really wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about medical cannabis. Sure. Um, I know your store is a, a pickup location uh, for, to Texas, uh, for the Texas Compassionate Use Program. Mm-hmm. The big news I learned today was that um, there are store, you know, there are pickup locations that are being opened up. I know in Houston, yep. Yep. places. Uh, tell us about how this relationship started and and how you guys emerged on the uh medical cannabis texas compassionate use program sure 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 so you know we we've been kind of trucking along doing our thing with hemp derived products had a lot of success but still um you know lisa wants to be as involved uh with cannabis as she can and so when she had the opportunity to become a uh, provider to prescribe medical cannabis she jumped at the chance so she's board certified she met all the qualifications, and so uh, she started prescribing uh, right around the first of this year. So we started Thrive Medical Cannabis. Um, she is having so much fun with it. Uh, it has really uh, re-energized her and kind of really re-sparked something in her about being a physician and a doctor and helping people. She loves all her fusion patients. I mean, loves them like a family, uh, but some of her cannabis patients, I mean, they are dealing with problems that we don't even want to think about. And so to be able to help them and really change their life is, is a big deal to Lisa. Um, and then we were fortunate enough uh, that Texas Original, one of the two main uh, dispensaries here in Texas, asked if they could use our store as a public pickup location. Uh, so every Thursday between noon and three, if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex and you don't want to pay to have your medical cannabis delivered, you can just come to our store uh, and pick it up for free. Um, and we're seeing that program grow pretty dramatically. Uh, I mean, we just ran our numbers uh, from January 1st to June 1st, and we're somewhere in the neighborhood uh, of around 1,400 patients that we've added uh, wow. in, the first, awesome. in the first six months of the year. And so, um, you know, is it a perfect program? Absolutely not. And none of us will stand up here and be like, oh, this is the end all be all. Um, but it's a start and 
uh, you know, there, and there's lots of people that love to trash the program and the 1% by dry weight. Um, but I will tell you, um, having seen thousands, you know, over a thousand people go through the program just on our side and you hear their stories, it is, it is really helping people and it's only going to get better from better from there. Um, again, we, we are somewhat agnostic. Um, so we simply just write the prescription. You can have that filled by either good blend or Texas original. Uh, we, we, I will say we have a little bit closer relationship with Texas Original. Their their values kind of match ours. And so we partner with them on a lot of things and they do some really great stuff. Um, and so, you know, one of the things we do is we offer any Texas veteran, uh, you get a free prescription appointment right off the bat. You don't have to pay a dime. Um, and so they've been very supportive of that. And then Texas Original also has their military veteran discounts as well. And so it's been a really good partnership to to kind of work hand in hand with them and just really continue to try to to spread the message. Um, I will say even, I'm going to give a shout out to, uh, 95.9, the ranch radio here in Fort Worth, because, um, they are going to begin running medical marijuana commercials on Friday for us. Wow. And so they had awesome. to jump through some hoops and, and go to some senior management and ownership and really kind of sell it to them. Um, and you know, there, there's still some potential, uh, blowback from the FCC and everything, but, but they're willing like, how is the FCC going to respond to something? Yeah, like that? Um, I think they're willing to kind of take that risk. And so beginning Friday, they're going to start airing medical marijuana commercials here in Fort Worth. And so okay. I think I can... even even though that's kind of kind of silly to be like, oh, way to go. Like it's it's little stuff like that that's going to change stuff. So yeah. I can I can actually provide you an avenue of help and support on that. Okay. Um, there is a radio station that is broadcast in Austin called Sun Radio. They're a uh, non-commercial radio station and they have mm -hmm. actually had ads for a cannabis clinic here in Austin on Very a regular cool. rotation. So there's a, there's a precedent in place there. Yeah. If, yeah. if anybody tries to, Oh, nobody's done this. It's there's been at least one. And yeah, I know there's yeah. been a couple others that have, it, have run these other parts of the country as well by trying to skirt different, um, loopholes. Yeah. Yeah. The FD. So, um, it's, it's not an uncommon thing, but it is highly yeah. uncommon. I think in a, in a place like Texas specifically, a place like Fort Worth. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're excited. I mean, the medical cannabis side, it, it's growing significantly. Um, I think it's going to continue to grow. Um, I, I have no doubt the program will improve the next legislative session and expand dramatically. Uh, but yeah, for right now, um, we're, we're, we're doing some pretty amazing things. We're helping a lot of people. And uh, like I said, Lisa is really enjoying herself again, uh, being a doctor and helping these people. That's great. I mean, th just the being able to feel that way oh, yeah. that, that what yeah. you're doing matters because it does oh, yeah. matter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And it had been, it'd been quite a long time since you felt like that. I want to ask it with this pro both with this program, um, running a, a CBD store and uh, position you and your wife are in, what would you say have been some of the biggest hurdles y'all faced doing this? As a business, uh, well, I mean, right off the bat in 2018, we went to war with uh, the Tarrant County District Attorney Sharon Wilson. Um, <laughs> so yeah, she you know she came out in 2018 and basically said that she was going to arrest soccer moms and old people uh, if they had CBD. Um, and we were very defiant. We were very loud. Um, we called her out on social media. I went on NBC Five News, called her out. Um, you know, it basically said her press release was like a bad Google copy and paste search. It didn't even, it wasn't even talking about what we were selling. Um, and so that was one of the big hurdles. Uh, but again, the community rallied to our aid on that one. And I think it was really the community that shut her down pretty fast. Uh, so that was a big hurdle. And then, you know, the same hurdles that anybody in this industry faces, you know, like little things you don't think about, like credit card processing, insurance, um, you know, when we first opened in 2018, you know, we had this very successful medical practice. And so we thought, well, we'll just do the same thing we did over here, you know? And so we set up our credit card processing and insurance and all that. And then like four days in, you know, our credit card stuff got turned off and, you know, we're scrambling. And so wow. there's this big learning curve, you know? So, um, yeah, it, you know, credit card processing, insurance, advertising, you know, it's still a headache um, to advertise even hemp products. Uh, whether that's on, you know, paid advertising on social media or Google and things like that. So we are seeing that change slightly. Um, people are figuring out some workarounds to it. Uh, but but some of the common business tactics that I think most people take for granted can be very, very difficult in this space. And so it's definitely been educational for us just to, 
you're, I mean, you're constantly having to improvise, you know, adapt and, and try different things to make sure that you're going to always be able to take care of that customer. It's strange that there's, there's a, I'm trying to think how I would say it, typical office supplies, I guess you could call it, or typical yeah. business supplies. Yeah. Cause I've seen this with some growers, like they need a certain chemical and you get ready to reach out to a provider and they go, well, I did some research and you know who, who I'm selling this to. And well, you're associated with cannabis or so not selling this to yeah. you. And yeah. I don't think people realize that that's part of this industry is there's people that like I found normal has Texas normal has lighters. They sell at their meetings. Yeah. yeah. The company who is manufacturing the lighters, the special made lighters on top of a big lighter said, we won't do it because you're cannabis. We didn't, right. we, didn't we weren't paying attention. We just now found this out. So right. we won't right. do this for you anymore. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of silly at this point. I mean, the cat's out of the bag. We're not going backwards at this point. So, you know, it's kind of like everyone just needs to, get on board and let's move forward and make this the best thing that we can. Yeah. I'm curious. So uh, he mentioned Sh uh, Sharon Wilson. I yeah. also live in yeah. Earth, so I have a long yeah. relationship yeah. there as well. Um, are you, we have a new DA that is mm -hmm. coming. Um, that's going to be elected in uh, later this year in November. Are any plans or potentially maybe have a conversation with the new DA and kind of you know, educate? I, I would be happy to because, you know, we still get phone calls, not as many as we used to, but we get occasional phone calls, maybe once a month, um, especially from surrounding counties of somebody that, you know, got arrested for Delta A or got arrested for a vape pipe and they don't know what it is. And so um, I would love to have that conversation. I have, I have been trying to have a conversation with, uh, my alma mater of a police department, Fort, Fort Worth Police Department. I've been trying to have a conversation with them for, I don't know, three years now, um, because within the Fort Worth Police Department, their officers are not allowed to even take zero THC CBD products, um, let alone are they receiving any kind of training on, you know, what is hemp, what is, you know, what is marijuana, cannabis, whatever you want to call it. Um, they still receive the same training that I received that was the same training that was given 20 years ago. Uh, when I talk to my friends and ask them about medical cannabis, they have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, I'm talking about my law enforcement friends. They have no idea what I'm talking about. They don't even know it's a thing. Um, none of them know what, you know, Delta A, Delta 9 is. And so, uh, yeah, I would love to have a lot of conversations with a lot of people uh, because, again, it's that it's that education um, that people need. Even if even if you're not changing their personal opinion. If you can make sure that they're doing their job correctly, uh, it seems like a no-brainer to me. But so far, uh, no one from the police department has been that interested. My question would be is um, what exactly would be the penalty an officer would face? I kind of brought this up last week is like telling officers now, but like if you don't know about this, don't be the lowest person with the question. You should be asking your leadership about the yeah. legality of hemp and medical cannabis in the state of Texas. And I'm wondering, you'd probably be the prime person to even to start addressing this is like, what, yeah. what's the penalty for someone who, who asks questions like this? Well, I mean, nobody likes to be the squeaky wheel. Uh, you know, they, the, the person that, um, you know, gets, gets a lot of attention for not necessarily what leadership see, sees as the best, best reasons. Um, you know, they tend to get moved around a lot. Um, but I mean, I think at this point, um, it's going to have to come from the administration and the way a large department like Fort Worth or Dallas does. Um, generally, they have some kind of committee that will create a policy. That policy is approved by the chief. And then that policy is disseminated down through the ranks. And typically they are having to sign something electronically to verify that they've received this policy and they're now responsible for everything on this policy. 90, I mean, you know, you're receiving stuff like this all the time. And so uh, depending on where you work, um, you know, what you do every day as a law enforcement officer will determine, you know, whether or not you actually store that information in your brain or you set it over here because it's not really your day-to-day -day stuff. But, you know, there's, there's not a penalty for asking. Um, I just think today, you know, it, it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard time to be a police officer right now. And I think, uh, honestly, cannabis, most officers don't really care that much about it one way or the other. Uh, I don't think you have a lot of officers out there really just gung-ho enforcing cannabis laws. Um, so I think it's a pretty low priority, not only on the enforcement side now, uh, but even on the administrative side. I think, I think a lot of departments are kind of waiting around to see what happens. Um, you know, what's going to happen at the state level, what's going to happen at the federal level, because they're afraid of, spending all this money to put this training together and then the policy changes six months from now 
and now we're having to start all over again. You know, you go to somewhere like Fort Worth or Dallas and, you know, you're putting 2000 officers through training over the whole course of the year. Um, and so, you know, there, there's a lot of reasons I think that they're slow to slow to act on this. But, um, you know, again, all I can say is I'm more than willing to to be the one to help them to kind of take the lead on this. Uh, again, it's because I care not only about officers just as human beings, um, I care that they're doing the right things when they encounter citizens on the street. So I want citizens to be protected and I want the officers to be protected as well. I think, I, go ahead, Austin. Go, no, go ahead, Jesse. I think part of what we learned from last week that's going to probably happen is like, I think also part of protecting officers, and I'm hoping anybody who watches this and knows a police officer will like tag them and let them know, but like hemp is yeah. legal. It is federally yeah. legal. Yeah. It is state legal. And even if the department's not wanting to do training on it, it just take your own time to look yeah, into it yeah, yeah. that no, way. I, that uh, way you don't make this really bad call that puts your department in a real big mess because you, you, yeah. you didn't let the law go as it is. Well, I mean, I, I kind of mess with my friends and I'll show them a picture of hemp and a show, show them a picture of marijuana, you know, like a flower, a, mar- a marijuana <laughs> flower to hemp flower. I'm like, all right, which is which? And they, I, they don't know. <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah, no, you, you know, like, I'm like, no, exactly. human or dog so, can tell. right. So, um, so, you know, even just that, I mean, I, I found that most officers have no idea that they're identical looking, that they're essentially the same exact plant with just a different THC concentration. So, I mean, something that basic is not being taught uh, to police officers. Um, you know, I remember when I went through the police academy, this is like you know, back in 99, I think we received like eight hours of narcotics training, maybe maybe less than that. Um, you know, and, and that was that was just a very small piece of, you know, eight months worth of training. And so if you don't use that stuff every day as part of your job, again, you tend to kind of file it away. Um, but yeah, just something as simple as they don't know that there's really no, uh, you know, physical difference between the plants is, is pretty amazing. Well, it's about to become as prevalent as uh, say uh open carried pistol in the state of Texas. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the officers knew about that practically overnight. So and that, that brought up something, sparked something in my memory. If I can go back to medical cannabis really fast. So one of the most common questions we get asked in medical cannabis is, can I still be a CHL holder, a concealed handgun license holder? Will it affect my concealed carry permit at all? Um, and I always tell people, like, don't take my word for it um, because, you know, you don't know me. But if you go to the Texas DPS website under their frequently asked questions, I think it's question 13, they specifically say, um, being a medical cannabis patient in Texas does not affect your license at all. So um, when you said CHL, that just kind of sparked that in my memory. And I thought, well, I'll go ahead and let everybody know that because it's a pretty common question we get. That has been one of my arguments as to like, just, just, and I'll, and I'll let Austin have it after this, is that Texas is trying to stay within the federal right to try laws. Like, hey, it's where, if we're under that, you can keep your gun. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. Loop, loopholes, right? Yeah, it's- yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I just want to go ahead and put this out there. You know, within the cannabis space, you know, for a long time, for decades prior to legalization or anything like that, we've always kind of viewed law enforcement as the bad guy Uh, uh, just because of there's just so many horror stories of people who've been arrested and how they were treated and that kind of thing. Uh, But I think now as we kind of move into this new paradigm, one of the things we have to accept, and for some, it's going to be a hard pill to swallow, especially people like me who, who were arrested for cannabis. It's kind of a hard pill to swallow that medical cannabis is for law enforcement officers as well, right? Like we need to get to a point where law enforcement officers who are experiencing things like PTSD and other issues have the ab- ability and the availability to try medical cannabis to deal with some of these symptoms. I mean. I'm pretty sure, Trey, that you can testify that there are law enforcement officers that could use medical cannabis to cope with some of the things that they do on the job. Am I correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I personally know tons of officers that, you know, when they get off their shift, they go home and they drink three whiskeys so they can go to bed. Um, You know, and that's that's been my argument to the department is, you know, so officers are allowed to take, um, you know, narcotic pain medication, Ambien. antidepressants, you know, anti-anxiety medications. They can do all that on duty, but they can't even take a zero THC CBD product that we know will not affect their behavior, their decision-making abilities. It's not intoxicating. Anything like that. Right, right. Um, and so, yeah, there, there's a lot of, and not just police officers, any, any first responders out there that need, they need help, um, 
you know, I could say after 20 years, um, I, I'm not embarrassed to say anymore that I had PTSD. I have PS, PTSD from things that I saw, things that I, I had to do as part of my job. And cannabis, THC, I take it every single day now. It has changed my life significantly for the better. All my friends know about it. They're happy for me. Um, you know, I, I tell people that I am much more present in my relationships with people now, especially my children. I connect with my children so much better than I did um, before cannabis. And so, yeah, there's there's a lot of officers out there that want to use it. They want to try it because they're looking for help. They don't like the way they feel. Um, and unfortunately, their, their hands are pretty much tied um, by the department. So even if it's legal in Texas, the department can still prohibit their officers from doing it, which is what most of them are doing at this point. Right. And this well, kind of moves all the way up to the federal level, right? Goes like yeah. Yeah. Federal schedule one status. And we kind of see that up channel from there. We'll that, I mean, and like, oh, go ahead. I said, we'll reach in our, our, our final moment here to get all your right. final thoughts out, plug thrive and let okay, us have all it. All right. I didn't, and I didn't even say anything about Dan Patrick this entire time, but all right. Um, <laughs> No, I, I appreciate everybody, um, you know, whether you love me, hate me, I believe that everyone in this space has the right to their opinion. You have the right to believe whatever you want to believe. You have the right to shop wherever you want to shop. Uh, just know that I'm your ally. I am your advocate. No matter what I did in my previous career, my, my only desire at this point is to move the ball down the court for cannabis, um, whether that's policy, practices, et cetera. So um, anybody ever wants to have a conversation with me about my former career, I'm happy to sit down and talk. Austin and I sat down, had coffee, talked about it. Um, I, I love people. I love helping people. And so, uh, yeah, come visit us at Thrive Apothecary or Thrive Medical Cannabis, and we'll be happy to take care of you and, and see what we can do to help you. Well, thrivetx.com for everybody who yeah. didn't see the banner below and that's going on in the video. Um, I'd say I think people are going to be really blown away after we saw on Instagram because I imagine I'm going to be seeing you at the Capitol when it comes time for committee hearings yeah. and yeah. they're going to be blown away that there's a law enforcement officer sitting there going, yeah, I did this. I did that. I worked for the law enforcement. And, you know, I think the way we're handling this is just inappropriate and yeah. we're glad to have you as an ally on our team working with us to change this law in the state, but that's going to do it here for the Lone Star Collective. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. Man, a hot conversations for a hot time in Texas. Ooh, man, I can't believe it's already been an hour. <laughs> yeah. This has been episode 43. Our guest this week was Trey Phillips of Thrive Apothecary. We hope everybody stays hydrated. That way you don't have horrible like heat stroke and things like that. We don't want to hear, we want to hear about you having a fun time this summer. So everybody stay safe and enjoy your week. Jack and Diane.